Hey friends, Katie here. Welcome to the She Laughs podcast. It's my hope that you find Christ-centered encouragement here that will help you look forward with a laughing soul on whatever it is that God has next for you. I'm so glad you're joining me. It's been a good long while since I did a life update. Honestly, my life isn't usually exciting enough to warrant an entire episode of Family News, but recently there's been a lot of change and I've talked extensively about our family's move to Reno, Nevada here. And since we're like now here, I thought it would be fun to share a few stories, what's going on, uh, how God has provided for us and shown himself faithful, and maybe give you some ways you can pray for us more effectively if you're so led. Before I do that, though, I wanted to invite you to laugh with me about some of the ways my life has changed now that I live in a colder climate. That's why I titled the episode, The Desert People Adjust to Mountain Life, because I grew up in Phoenix, which is regularly in the triple digits for days on end, barely ever rains. It's like, I don't know, the four seasons are warm, hot, hotter, hottest. I don't know. It's just, it's just desert. Reno is is dry, but it's at the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas. I live like 40 minutes from the Donner Pass, you know, that like crazy story where the pioneers got stuck in the snow for weeks on end and it didn't end well. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where we live, like we get weather. No, the weather down in Reno, like the valley, it's not nearly as extreme as up in the mountains. But still, like this cold thing, it's it's been an adjustment. So here are some ways my life is different. Um, I own a real winter jacket now. I'm very proud of this. It even has fur on the hood, which really doesn't do much to make me stay warmer, but I look more legit. It also blocks my peripheral vision so that like if someone someone is standing right next to me when my hood is up, I have to like turn at least 45 degrees to see them or hear what they're saying, but I look like I belong in the mountains. (laughs) I also own a hat with a pom-pom on the top, which I've never done before, and it's pretty fun. Let me tell you, though, choosing to wear a beanie, it's kind of a long-term commitment. You can't really recover from hat hair. After the beanie comes off, it's like a, it's like an all-day thing. Oh, man. Uh, another huge adjustment for, for me has been um, my trust in the weather app. In fact, I'm not really sure why we would even have it for Reno, because like in Phoenix, if the weather app said it was going to be hot and sunny and gives the temperature, like that's how it's going to be for the day. And and it's probably accurate at least five days in advance. I always thought it's like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, weather app. Like these things are certain. Well, here in Reno, that thing changes all the time. It's like going to snow. It's going to, never mind. It's going to rain. It'll be windy. Never mind. The sun is coming out. The other day, the weather forecast adjusted by 10 degrees in the same day. Like, open the app in the morning and it says 32 degrees or I don't remember what the number was. And the next time we open it up to double check the weather outside, it's like 48 degrees. And we're like, what? This is weird. I now have like a whole new respect for Alaskan mountain mamas (laughs) because getting little people into winter gear like that's that's a chore my son even when it's crazy cold outside he he hates wearing a jacket and I'm like Nate you're gonna turn into an icicle but he would just really rather go without and okay (laughs) putting them in gloves like I thought it was a pretty simple concept like each finger has a slot 
and you insert your hand into the glove and put said finger into respective slot. But my four-year-old really struggled with this concept and it kind of made me laugh. And I'm like, I don't know how to explain it to you. It's, I think she has it down now. But when we first did the glove thing, that, that was something. <laughs> I also learned here in Reno how to de-ice a truck bed. So we're getting ready to bring our furniture out of storage. But it had snowed recently and the bed of my husband's truck which is a new thing. My husband has a truck now. Super cool how the Lord provided for that. Anyways, um, it was iced in the back, like from all of the snow melts and then it froze that whole cycle. In case you didn't know, that's like a thing. I didn't know. <laughs> he told me, I guess I knew. I just had really never thought about how it affects daily life. Anyways, Daniel went out to the truck and he told me, like, I don't know if we're going to be able to get our stuff today. And I was so sad. I'm like, I really want the kitchen table. And then I'm like, okay, Google, how do you de-ice a truck bed? And one of its most helpful suggestions was to just park the truck in the garage. It's kind of late for that. <laughs> so like Molly Pitcher, I like lugged out buckets of hot water to my husband and we we got that ice out and, and it was something. <laughs> I also now understand why people who live where it's cold have like tons and tons of blankets. Uh, the first night we were in our new house, it was, it was still in the fall, but it was cold and, um, I was freezing. I thought that like, you know, our little fuzzy blanket from Costco that is $10 when it goes on sale in December, it's going to be fine. That'll keep us plenty warm. It's a really, really great blanket and it truly is a really great blanket, but it, it did not, it did not do it. <laughs> The first night, it was so cold. I had to get up in the middle of the night just to put my thermal vest on so so I can sleep. And uh, we, we had a good laugh about that the next day. And honestly, like, it's not like tundra, freezing, frigid, cold, but it's it's just it's just a new thing to me. Um, it's it's funny how we think we're in control of like so many things and get the weather it still has a fairly major impact on our day-to-day day life. So it makes me, it just makes me laugh. I think it's fun. Anyways, let's jump in. I want to share some stories with, with you. First of all, this, uh, hey, we made it to Reno episode. Uh, it was supposed to happen back in September, which is a story in and of itself of, of God's faithfulness, really. When we packed up and left our internship position in California it was our intent to spend like six to eight weeks on the road, but various challenges just kept preventing us from landing in Reno. And it was totally the Lord's providence that the circumstances were arranged the way they were. Not only did the delay allow for us to buy a home, which I'll get to in a second, but um, the delay also allowed for us to say goodbye to one of my dear friends who was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer midway through the summer. It was really sweet to be there and see her when she was um, lucid and, and healthy. And then um, when she had found out about her diagnosis, to hear her praise the Lord about that. And uh, she she said it was shocking news, but it wasn't bad news because this was God's plan. And, and to watch her faith through that and then... Um, shortly before she passed, I got to see her, even though she was, she was, um, she just had a lot of drugs in her to make her comfortable. It was still sweet, sweet to say goodbye. I actually lost another friend this summer, um, who's the same age as I was. Uh, her passing was, was quite sudden. And so I didn't get to say goodbye, but, uh, as the Lord would have it, 
um, I had one less opportunity to sing with her. And um, we built some memories that I wouldn't have otherwise had. My friend Connie, the, the first gal I mentioned, her husband actually recently went home to be with the Lord. And there were just some other things going on in the background of life that really weighed on us. But we learned so much through the summer. Um, there's loss and pain, but there there was also lots of joy, lots of fun to see to see what God is God was doing. So that's that's kind of where I want to go next. Some of the neat ways that the Lord provided for us. I'm going to tell you the house story. We just finished an internship position where all of our needs were taken care of, but we were getting paid like. We were interns, so I was pretty sure that if a realtor looked at our income history, he would just like laugh at us. And we were looking at rentals. We were just like, "Well, we'll just rent, build up the income history, and then we'll see what happens." Reno is filling up with California evacuees. Almost, I don't know. You can sell a house in California for a boatload of money, and that makes sense to me. I'm not faulting anyone for having invested their money well. However, California transplants can come over the border, they buy up Nevada houses for cash, and that's one of the many factors that has driven up the Reno housing market. And Reno is just on the border of California and Nevada. We live about, I don't depending on where you want to cross, we live like, I think you can even get to the California border in 15 minutes, so there's not much there. If you, if you want to actually get to California, you got to drive a bit, but... Anyways, moving from California, it's so common here that when we tell people we moved from California, it's kind of cool. It actually like it creates a bond of sorts. It's just not uncommon. A lot of people who live here move from California. Anyways, because they can buy their houses with cash, it's just driving up the Re the Reno housing market. And at least at the time that we were looking for houses, it wasn't uncommon to hear of a house selling for thousands of dollars over the asking price. And for the houses to go through these merciless bidding wars, that's just that's just the way it was. Our pastor advised us to do everything we could to attempt to buy a house now because hopefully for the rest of the country, the housing bubble will pop. But it's quite likely that Reno, since it's growing so quickly, the market will continue to go up. So he wanted us to try to get in before we got outpriced. So we applied for a loan and... It wasn't looking that great. The realtor told us uh, we could build up two years of income with a certain like debt to income ratio. And we were fine renting and working towards that goal. But there actually was another possibility. I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but in Nevada, if you have a master's degree and you're working in your field of study, you don't have to show two years of a certain debt to income ratio. You only need to show three months of income. I suppose the thought is that people who invest in their education, they go work in that field, they're more fiscally responsible and expected to keep their job. So they get loans faster, I guess, which kind of sounds reasonable to me. Well, Daniel has a master's degree and he works in his field of study, but pastors really don't make uh, a lot of big bucks. <laughs> so uh, we weren't really sure if that second option was even going to work out for us. God has faithfully supplied our needs above and beyond, but the income that we had from our internship really didn't seem like it was going to make the cut. But as God would have it, the three months that we were delayed in coming to Reno, churches were so generous to us, just randomly and not really having an idea of quite what was going on. And we didn't even know that this was the way the Lord was going to provide. We actually saw a different route, but over the three months that we were in Phoenix, delayed, 
uh, we were able to build an income history through our mission board that allowed us to apply for a loan that we were approved for, which is just crazy. Like the Lord's timing is, is just crazy. Qualifying for the loan though, that was an exciting day, but we weren't, we were kind of, we were still holding our breath because actually finding a house to live in in Reno is also very difficult. <clears throat> we had spent a lot of time scouting the city to sort of get a feel for the general area we wanted to live in. And for us, we felt like living close to our church's target location was a high priority. And so that narrowed our search down significantly to, unfortunately, a rather expensive area, like 1,100 square foot house for like 450,000. That that wouldn't be unheard of. Maybe that doesn't seem like a lot to you, but it seemed expensive to me. It wasn't like that the first time we went house shopping in Phoenix. I can't remember exactly when Daniel and I started saying this to each other, but our family kind of adopted this mantra that limits our answers. And we would say this to each other in moments where it was tempting to get frustrated. We knew what we could afford and a house out of that price range, though it would have been nicer or in a better location, it it was beyond our limit. And we just found that seeking God's will gets easier when you take the time to assess the limits he's given you instead of being frustrated about them. We had a location limit, like I mentioned, that we felt pretty strongly about. We had a budget limit that we couldn't really do anything about. And then this is a truly crazy thing. We had a time limit. Uh, One week was open in our calendar to house hunt. And I wasn't going to be able to go with Daniel. He had to go by himself. So he had seven days. Now, if nothing, if we didn't find something that worked for our family, I'm sure we would have come up with a different plan and God would have provided that way. But we were really hoping that in these seven days, whatever was on the market, we were pretty committed that we were going to pick a house. Whatever was there, one of them was going to be ours. And so I sent my husband up to Reno and uh, he did all the house hunting. He would tell me when he scheduled a tour and call me and I would like be on Zillow in Phoenix trying to keep the kids busy and like house hunting virtually. And it was quite, it was quite an adventure. I never actually saw our house that we ended up buying until we came to Reno and, and it worked out. I asked him before he left, are you sure our marriage is going to be okay? Because I was joking. Um, he did, he did a great job and we really were blessed with technology, but it was a little bit crazy to send my husband to to go purchase a house without me. (laughs) In the first few days he was there, we found a house we were pretty happy with and put in an offer, but it was outbid. And that left us a handful of houses for the next five days to look at. Every time Daniel would call me, it was like, it was like a new segment on Fixer Upper. You know, the part of the show where Chip and Joanna, they like talk to the house hunting couple about three houses and they give each of the houses a unique name so everyone can keep track of them. Well, we did the same thing. We had names for our three top houses. One of them was the park house, which because it was like walking distance from a great park. One was the McCarran Loop house and that was a great house, but it had a really loud highway, McCarran Loop, right behind it. And the other one was the Alice in Wonderland house. And that is actually the one we ended up with. When Daniel started the tour with me, he started outside in the backyard, which is is amazing. And it was so cool to me that the house we ended up with has a great backyard because that is probably the one thing I consistently prayed for the most, that the Lord would provide our kids with a yard to play in. 
I grew up in the woods. Daniel grew up in the rice paddies and bamboo thickets of Korea. I just really wanted to have a place where our kids could go outside and enjoy the outdoors. It's not the woods, it's not bamboo thickets, but it's plenty of space to play and imagine and enjoy the fresh air. There's lots of things to do back there. Eventually, we want to do a garden. We just got a playhouse. Uh, there's room for a swing set. I'm really rooting for a trampoline. There's lots of room for a porch swing. We, The people who live here before us, um, they left their fire pit. So um, the house is smaller than we would have hoped for for hospitality reasons, but we're super excited that we have lots of entertaining space outside. So that's kind of a cool thing. The inside is, uh, that's where it earned its name, the Alice in Wonderland house. Uh, there was this really funky mirror up against the wall and it looked like it kind of came out of a fun house. The kitchen had like black and white checkered floors, a cherry red sink, and this multicolored ceiling fan like you would typically put in a kid's room. It was in the kitchen. I don't know why. It, it was just very oddly styled. The first time we saw it, we actually dismissed it and moved on, but we ended up coming back to it because of the limitations the Lord made evident to us. We started kind of speculating, okay, well, Daniel does drywall and painting. So, I mean, we can take the popcorn ceilings off, we can paint, and we have lots of friends. <laughs> so we started kicking around the idea. I mean, okay, that house would take a lot of work, but but maybe we could do it. So we decided to put in an offer. And do you know, in this insane market, we, after, we offered $15,000 under the asking price and our offer was accepted. Now, the reason they took the under uh, under the asking price was because of all the work that needed to be done. It is truly a fixer-upper, but we are having a blast fixing it up. We've removed a wall, opened up the main living area, and we love that. We painted and scraped and banged and floored, and we're just really enjoying making this little nook our home. It's pretty fun. It's also really expensive, but the Lord has been so gracious with so many gifts and tons of help from uh, from our church up in California and just different connections. God has been so gracious to us, and we are really enjoying um, His blessings in this way. We stopped in to visit California before landing here in Reno, our our church there. And a lot of my friends kept asking me, well, what would just be like a fun thing for you to have in the house? And I kept saying, well, cabinets, that would be really nice. The cabinets, they work, but they're, they're in pretty rough shape. They aren't like horrid, but they're, they're ready to retire. And do you know that the Lord provided enough room left over in our budget that we're going to be able to replace them? And I, I was just shocked. Like I never in my life thought, I'd be able to pick out my own cabinets. I like feel like a princess in a castle. Um, I credit my cabinets to my California friends because they're the ones who think outside of the box and they, I owe me of little faith. They were the ones who prayed for something that was just, just fun. Isn't that neat? I, I just love that. I'll think of them when I enjoy my cabinets. If you would like to pray for us that just the beauty that we're working to cultivate, all the gifts we've been given in making our home lovely, I just want it to become a space where people congregate for warmth and love and memory making and comfort, that it would really be a shelter, a slice of um, heaven here on earth for hurting people. 
I'm enjoying the beauty that God is bringing to us here, but I really want to share it with others. So if you would pray that for us and our family, that would mean so much to me. A little bit of church news. On October 24th, our church had their first public launch service. I guess it's our only public launch service. We called it the public launch service. They've been meeting for a while in in, uh, in homes and doing Bible studies. But we welcomed 106 people to our first service. And many of them were new people from the community who are still coming. This uh, past, past Sunday, about a month after, I'm sorry, it wasn't this past Sunday just about a month after our kickoff date, we were still holding pretty high attendance at 96. And um, things, of course, have waxed in wanes. Um, the other day, there was a huge snowstorm on a Saturday, and we were actually out of town, but I heard the attendance was like super low and just because people couldn't get out. So we know there's ups and downs in church planting, but it's really fun to see God blessing our church with a lot of hungering souls who want to hear the truth and who are enjoying the fellowship that our church is working to provide. Our church's biggest need is a long-term solution for a meeting place. We currently meet at an arts center, and we love that because most of the people in the city know where the building is at, and it's super close to a beautiful park, but we only have the building secured through the spring. So if you would like to pray for our church that we would be able to find a more permanent solution, that would be fantastic. So that's an update of how we landed in Reno and some cool things that have been going on. Uh, I knew that this story would be crazy because that's just what God does. When when he provides something, he does it in a way that we don't always expect. And so I can't say I'm that surprised that I have a fun house story to tell you. And, and it is really a joy to share. When I started my podcast, I shared some stories of just beautiful ladies who made an impact on church history and an impact on my life, and I loved doing that. I love to look at a legacy of a beautiful soul and glean rich lessons from someone who's gone before me. I hinted above, but there are two ladies this summer who very unexpectedly finished their life stories, and now they're at home with Christ. I ended up speaking at both of their memorial services, and a few people asked me for my notes. I thought, well, if the words touched people, why not record the impact that these girls made on my life and share it with my podcast audience? So that's my intention next time is to bring you two beautiful stories of lives well-lived and how their stories impacted me. In the meantime, I hope you fearlessly live without fear of the future and laugh at the time to come.